coming to you live from an abandoned storage locker somewhere in Mesa, Arizona. You're tuned in to the Important Nonsense Podcast with Steve Bonham. Attention Alan Hearn's mom. His knee is better. (laughs) You can stop worrying. And Neil Smith. Even with the concussion, as long as he's cleared, probably don't have a better option. Boom shakalaka. Welcome in. Steve Bonham, Neil Smith, Jack Cavanaugh down there on the bottom as well. And Jack's roommate's cat. Yep, that is my roommate's cat. (laughs) That is Leo. Leo the cat. Perfect. (laughs) Uh, It's the Important Nonsense podcast. Don't be Uh, mean to the cat. We'll get so much hate mail. Like, you don't. They apologize. All all I said was, this is Leo. No, it's me. I'm talking to you. It's me. Yeah, he's talking to me. He's referring to me. Uh, but it is very special edition of the Important Nonsense podcast. We are halfway through the fantasy regular season, which of course means it is time for Hot Take Time Machine with Mr. Kavanaugh. For those of you that are not familiar with this process that we do every year, uh, we go back and look at our preseason takes and how they are panning out at the midway point and then at the end of the season, what we got right and what we got wrong. We try not to make it an entire hour of patting ourselves on the back, but I mean, come on, we're just always so right. It's hard to not do that. Well, this uh, year, this year we might actually not take a huge victory lap at certain positions. We definitely have a couple we'll on here, that. but I'm looking at quarterback, and it's like, yeah, it could have worked out. There, the, the the overall theme is good. There are a oh, lot okay. of individual bad things. All right, however. <laughs> When you look at our overall projections and what we were telling people, the advice was good. And that's the most important thing, even if we missed wide on a couple people. Yes. <laughs> All right. So let's let's get into it, Jack. You will you will steer this ship and kind of guide us where we're going here. Well, before we get into that, we do have some big and breaking news. Mark Ingram has been traded back to the New Orleans Saints. Reunited. It's massive news. It means that Alvin Kamara is seeing a cut in touches. It means... (laughs) (laughs) No, it it does make David Johnson flex worthy, possibly. Mm -hmm. Look, they might give Alvin Kamara a couple plays off here and there just to prevent him from getting murdered. Because every time they try... I think more than anything, what that is for them is they really loved tony jones to the point that they they were willing to let latavius murray go in the preseason and then tony jones got hurt and And then ty montgomery is not getting it done yeah and he he's on the shelf still for a couple more weeks tony jones that is but you know we saw that mark ingram we thought he might be a cap casualty in the preseason because of how little he's being paid there's basically no guaranteed money so i have said it several times over texans are in full-on rebuild they will get rid of anything that breathes on that offense if it gives them something in return. So to get rid of Mark Ingram and actually get picks out of that, when that was a player you realistically should have cut in the preseason, <laughs> that's yeah. amazing. So kudos to Nick Casario for getting it, anything out. Of it's it. like Nick Casario is actually good at his job, unlike previous no, ownership well, that would have that far. Yeah, yet. no. We'll, well, better than previous. Like it's, low it's bar. not a high bar. Like, yeah. You had to just roll over it on the ground. That hey, was they it. did it. They did it though. You rolled Inter- over it. 
Interesting note, though, is one of his teammates is not happy at all. Brandon Cooks tweets out, this is BS. <laughs> Think it's because he's mad that his friend is gone or yes. because he wants out. Also, and yes. <laughs> it's both well, those things. So the, the reports have been about the Brandon Cooks stuff, basically, that he's a locker room leader there, that he is a guy that they want to actually build the future of the franchise around. And we've talked about, it feels like Brandon cooks has been around forever, but he's what? 26, 27. Uh, yeah, like he's still same age as Cooper cup. Yeah. He's, he's still relatively one in his prime. So Brandon cooks can go to a contender. He he's can 28. Yeah. He can compete. He can do well, or he can stay with the Texans and still be productive for them for the next three years. If he's a guy they want to build around, which no franchise has ever wanted to build around him. But at the same time, if you want that, you know, for if you're Brandon cooks, you want that you want a team to really want you, but do you really want it to be the Texans. <laughs> like, I don't think that I do. It's like, I really want to be wanted, but like it's the ugly girl that wants me. Uh, I I don't know. I guess Steve's on a mission to get canceled today. Thanks. He's being mean to women and cats. <laughs> Brandon the internet Cook is not going to react well twice in five that. minutes. This is not a good start for me. Today. On Brandon way. Cooks just is not that into the Texans. It's clear. I don't blame it's him. True. It's true. I, I was going to say, no and there's no him. scenario when he gets a nineties makeover and walks down the staircase and the, the Texans are suddenly attractive. That's just not Look, happening. The Texans aren't going to take the glasses. <laughs> They're not going to take the glasses and off and put the ponytail model. down and suddenly yeah. be sexy. Nope. They're still hideous. They are still 400 pounds and disgusting. Nobody wants the Houston Texans. <laughs> no one wants the Houston Texans. So one no. final note before we hop in the time machine, the Green Bay Packers have no Devontae Adams and no Alan Lazard tomorrow on Thursday Night Football and no defensive coordinator Joe Barry. All are on the COVID-19 list. Cardinals. You could have told me they had no defensive coordinator. Oh, all season, I was going to say, huge night for Randall Cobb. Yeah. Randall yeah. Cobb, suddenly no competition. Yeah. Randall Cobb and apparently Marquez Valdez-Scantling yeah. is expected to yeah. be back. Yeah, reports MVS. He went there. They, they took the trouble. Mm -hmm. to Translation. It's Randall Cobb and Robert Tunyon night. <laughs> right. Yeah. It is absolutely not Randall Cobb. Or uh, sorry, it is Randall Cobb. It is not Marquez Valdez Scantling night. Maybe one touchdown. Anyways, Cardinals also without JJ Watt, who is out with the shoulder. So this one could be very high scoring. DeAndre Hopkins now has a hamstring. Expecting to play because he's DeAndre Hopkins. He well, to be fair, game. he's always had two hamstrings, but oh. he has a hamstring injury. Oh my I like just interrupting what you're saying, Jack. This is great. I like derailing <laughs> what you're doing. This is really entertaining. Me. Well, it reminds me of the old Friday show. <laughs> gotcha it's really show? the yeah. old Friday show where everybody just interrupted everybody and yelled at their takes over each other. <laughs> the high volume. I miss full, that show. Full on Skip Bayless style. It's my turn. Skip, skip, I could skip, go. skip, 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 skip. But with that, it is time to hop in the hot take time machine and we'll kick things off with another Arizona Cardinal Steve's QB one on the season. Kyler Murray. He's looking pretty good right now. His ADP was three in reality. He is the QB four and points per game right now. Feeling pretty good about that. QB four on the stat sheet. QB one in your heart. That's all that matters. <laughs> so we're taking a victory lap on Steve being wrong. 
<laughs> so <It was> wrong. <laughs> we, we talked about uh, in the preseason, we had that tier of players, right? It was Mahomes, for me, it was Mahomes and Murray above everyone else. And then it was Dak, Lamar, and why am I blanking on the fifth one? Josh Allen. Josh, Josh Allen. Because I had Josh I, Allen in the tier of yeah. the of the big three. Yeah. Yeah. So for for me, I felt like those guys were solidified. Mahomes always kind of gets the overhype. I was happy taking Kyler Murray as a guy that I think can be productive and finish at the top of the list. And what excites me most is that right now Kyler Murray is QB four, and they're seven and zero. Oh. Imagine if they ever start losing. Oh my god. <laughs> Imagine oh. if they stop giving James Conner 20 carries a game. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, wouldn't that be the day? And that's the theme. Oh Running quarterbacks, good in fantasy football. We know that. Shock. We hit on Lamar, too. He was our QB3 in projections. QB5 by the throw, public. Jack. <laughs> Except he can. <laughs> and, and he's proved it. <laughs> Jalen Hurts was our QB6. He was that first QB throw. off yeah. of that tier. From the top five because of the rushing upside he was qd qb12 in adp so we were way ahead of everyone on jalen hurts qb3 right now yeah what's insane to me is i still have people i'm offering up go you should try and go trade for jalen hurts if it's at all possible because there are formats where it actually is and i'm still getting pushback on that idea and i really don't know well, How now to... there's talk he could be benched but it's like right. are we giving gardner Minshew snaps that's what I was saying to Steve two weeks ago that yeah, there's, like he needs Gardner to translate Minshew's the production into been, wins. Yeah, he, but he Gardner Minshew's still been a healthy scratch every week, so mm -hmm. I, I don't I don't actually see that. Well, now Joe Flacco has but, been yeah. traded. So we'll He'll see. Be <laughs> but again, th this feels like I, I thought it was ironic too. We talked about the fact that this feels like a Gardner Minshew situation, right? Where last year Gardner Minshew was putting up great fantasy stats. He was a top ten QB the first half of the season. And then all of a sudden, Jacksonville benches him because he's not winning actual games, and they use the number one pick to take Trevor Lawrence, and he ends up in Philly. So now here we are with Hurts. It's only in his second year. He's still growing, still developing. He is the only quarterback who has been in the top 10 every single week through the first seven weeks. And I saw a stat where he has something like 45% or something of his fantasy production has come in the fourth quarter. <laughs> like it's insane. He, he is garbage time Jalen and he is just bringing in those points right at the end when the game is already out of hand and they can't win. Now it's not his fault. The defense can't stop anybody, but the quarterback gets credit for the wins and the losses. And until they start winning games, like if they lose to Detroit this week, oh, I God. have no idea. Oh God. I don't, I don't know even speak that into the universe. When uh, they lose <laughs> this week. Yeah. Mr. Lions, Jack. Amon Ross St. Brown, five touchdowns yeah. in the shock of, is that what we're going with Jack? And on that note, make sure no, you DeAndre Swift, believe. greatest game in the history of fantasy football. That's what I'm going with. DeAndre, like more, DeAndre more Swift likely. is fantastic. more likely. I'll take it. Make sure you check out the Believe in Lions <laughs> podcast. But anyways, rounding out our top 10, we were great. All of our top 10 quarterbacks are in the top 14 in points per game. We had Kyler, we had Lamar, Josh Allen, Dak, and Mahomes, like we already talked about. Then it was that next tier of Jalen Hurts. Russ, who we, we can't be faulted, he's hurt right now. Right. Herbert, Aaron Rodgers, and Tom Brady. However, 
it's that 11th quarterback that was very painful for us because we have always been of the opinion you wait on quarterback because you can get Ryan Tannehill. He was QB 11 in ADP. He was QB 11 for us. He's the QB 22 right now. It hurts. It hurts real bad. Here's part of the problem with that too, is part of the re we've always been high on Tannehill because he's been efficient with the, uh, the Titans. sneaky mobile. Yeah. And he's got the wheels, which has been fine, but we thought two things would happen this year. Number one, they wouldn't hand the ball to Derrick Henry so much. And number two, <laughs> because they acquired Julio Jones, they would be throwing the ball more consistently. Neither one of those things has happened. In fact, they're rushing the ball more this year than last year, which makes no sense whatsoever. And as I told Neil last week when we talked about the A.J. Brown and Julio Jones conundrum they have going on there, as long as the Titans continue to win games, yeah. I don't see a reason why they would stop doing it. So until the wheels completely fall off on it, I think Tannehill is going to continue to struggle. And to be fair, they were throwing more, and then A.J. Brown got hurt, missed yeah. some time, and then Julio Jones gets hurt, misses time, and is now hurt again, even though he's probably not going to miss time. He's going to play through it, is what it seems like. And they're starting, you know, new offensive coordinator. So from, from my end, I just echo what we talked about before. I still back A.J. Brown. He's been paying that off since the yep. last time we had that conversation. <laughs> and beyond that, yeah, they're not. I agree with you. That's how NFL teams typically work. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. So they're going to just keep feeding Derrick Henry until it stops working. And at this point, right. I see precious little, little evidence that at this point, who's going to stop it? Yep. It's not. It's, it's just it, it seems like it's a it's like a riddle. There's no answer to it's uh it's one of those deals. So I'd love to say better days are ahead for Ryan Tannehill. But to be honest with you, I don't know if I could actually I don't know if I could actually get there, especially with things like Kirk Cousins and Derek Carr on the waiver wire. Yep. Well, and that's what we'll get to next is we were far too low on a couple quarterbacks. One of them being Derek, Derek Carr. He was our QB 24 ADP QB 23. And he's a QB 15 in real life. We are also far too mm. low on Joe Burrow and Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford was our QB 20 in our projections. Joe Burrow QB 22 in actuality, Matthew Stafford is a QB7. Joe Burrow is the QB11. So those are guys that the fantasy listeners at Important Nonsense completely missed out on based on our projections. Yeah, and that's another one where, like, it, it's tough because the Lions are 0-7. <laughs> they have looked absolutely terrible. We thought Jared Goff would be in the the Blake Bortles type situation where he's chucking the ball a lot from behind. And that's kind of been true, but there's, there's not letting him pass the ball still They're They're doing exactly what LA did and keeping the ball out of his hands. And mainly they're just going with the two back system, running the ball as much as possible and just hoping the defense can keep the score respectable. And even and it, when they do let him throw, it's all dink and dunk. They're, yeah. They are not opening this offense up at all. Right. Which yeah. is what Bortles did. That's why we yeah. liked Bortles. Yes, exactly. And the only, like, Burrow was down so low, I believe, because of last season having that, you know, huge injury, 
We thought he might struggle a little bit starting into this year. We liked basically all of his receivers, except Tyler Boyd, who's not a real receiver, but we liked basically all of his receivers and those options. So the fact that Joe Burrow slid down the list was mainly same thing with Stafford was just, there were too many guys ahead of him that we liked slightly more in the projections. The one I will give a pushback on is Derek Carr because that's already starting to correct itself. I mean, (laughs) he started out the season with three straight games of 300 plus yards, and he's been better the last couple of weeks. But if you just go from week four through week seven, uh, Derek Carr has been okay, and he's been QB 17. So he's he's right about where we thought he would finish and again, a lot of the projections are not necessarily where we're going to have you finish on the year, but just where do where's the upside? Mm-hmm. Like these are the guys that I'm saying, if I've got Derek Carr at 24, it's not because I think he'll finish 24. He'll probably finish 15 or 16, but I don't want the guy who finishes 15 or 16. I want to draft the guy who could finish in the top five. No, I'm right there with you. I'll take the Mia culpa on Matthew Stafford and Joe Burrow, especially mm-hmm. with Burrow getting back from the injury faster than I thought he would. And yeah. Matthew Stafford effectively we walking ex- straight into that, that we offense. Expecting Carson Wentz syndrome from Joe Burrow. Correct? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yes. A, a little bit of a rehab time, come back, struggle, relearn the offense, get back yeah. in the groove, get, get reconnected with everything. Nah, he pretty much just walked right in and sat right down and started destroying people. And then that's kind of the same thing with Matthew Stafford. I figured there'd be a ramp up time with his new team. Get well, that was the other the thing too. Weapons. With... No, he walked right in and started assassinating people. Yeah. That was the other thing with Stafford is we didn't account for the Cooper cup brunches. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, well, exactly. The main thing is we, when I do the projections in the off season, I'm taking it based on the history of the offense. So I think the reason we were wrong on Jared Goff and Matthew Stafford is because essentially we had their offenses flip-flopped. Mm-hmm. Like Stafford, they got traded for each other. Stafford goes into a situation in LA where I'm projecting based on the run-pass ratio of the Jared Goff years, and now they're throwing it more than they ever have. When we first did those projections, uh, Cam Akers was still on the team and not hurt. And then you had Jared Goff going to a situation in Detroit where they had Matt Stafford and were willing to throw it more. So I think that kind of threw off the numbers there. And I'll give a, I'll give us a couple, couple caveats here as well. Number one, we didn't have Matthew Stafford ranked below Jared Goff. That was just the projections (laughs) like Steve just clarified there. Uh, What was number two that I was going to go with? I have already for, Oh, sorry. Number two with Matthew Stafford. We thought they would be winning a lot with Matthew Stafford. We thought they would be running a lot because they were winning. Turns out, no, they, they're the Buffalo bills. Now they just throw throw while winning. They are going to put their foot on the gas and they are going to stomp the light out life out of you. And so one final quarterback to mention, we were pretty wrong on Trevor Lawrence. We thought he'd be off to a lot stronger of a start, but I, we were behind consensus. So consensus had him eight QB 16. Oh, sorry. Never mind. We were right in line. QB 16 for Trevor Lawrence, QB 15 for our projections, QB 25 in points per game right now, but there's time for that to rebound. Yeah. I was going to say too, that's another one where it's kind of already uh, fixing itself, mm-hmm. you know, where, Trevor Lawrence had the slow start to the season. He had the slow start in the preseason. 
but weeks four through six, they had the bye week last week. So his last three games uh, during those three weeks, Trevor Lawrence is quarterback 14. So he's already climbing up the ranks. He's already been slightly more consistent now that he's getting used to the offense and the players that are around him. And they've been dealing with a lot of people coming say, in and out of the lineup too. So that's the other reason that I'm not too freaked out by that right now. Cause you lost yeah. DJ Chark and they've had a bunch of other injuries that have rotated that team around. And now you've got Dan Arnold. Yeah. So it's like, you got to get that integrated somehow. Yeah. And so that wraps up the quarterback section of things. We'll move on to running back. And one of the things we got very correct, we were ahead of consensus on Najee Harris ADP of RB11, we had him at RB9. He is the RB3 in points per game right now. So if you listen to us, you got a lot of Najee Harris. Yes, Steelers like to run the football. It's not science. Well, and we kind of broke that secret over the offseason as well, right? Where we've seen over the last two years that it turns out Le'Veon Bell is just a guy. Like he's really good, but he just fit that system really well. And played in that system really well, when which is how he became 100 touches a year. Yeah, right, exactly. So he became a top five running back because he was in that Steelers system. You had James Conner, who was a top twenty back because he's that much worse than <laughs> Le'Veon Bell in a very good system, and you have Najee Harris, who I think is at least as good as Le'Veon Bell going into that system to theoretically get just as many touches. So for me, that was an easy top 10 play, even though I'm not normally the guy who's all in on rookies, but somehow I was this year. Many of yeah. them worked out. Yeah. Yeah, it, 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 it's been pretty good at being a Najee Harris GM this season. And so a good note with our running backs as well. All of our top 14 running backs are in the top 18 of points per game. In PPR, Mixon, number 18 in points per game, but number 11 overall because he has the extra game on the season. The mm -hmm. only one that we had ranked in the top 14 that didn't make the cut, Saquon Barkley, which we can be forgiven about. Right. However, we did have you taking Dalvin Cook at RB1. He's QB or RB2 in ADP, and he's being hurt, so we can make that a write-off. Alvin Kamara. What can you say about Alvin Kamara? He right. is who he is. Same with Christian McCaffrey. We're not going to take blame for him being injured. But Saquon Barkley at RB4, ahead of consensus at RB8. That kind of hurts people right now. Not only has he been hurt, but when he's played, he's been so-so as well. Yeah. And that's a guy that was falling in ADP as well. So you were ending up with him at a value if that's the way you went. Um so that's the one of these that might that might bite you. But it's the same thing. Like Zeke was a guy that was falling outside of the top 10 at times in ADP. So he's somebody that we had still ranked pretty high that you were able to grab. Aaron Jones, that was your guy all off season in our Jack knows best. Uh, and then our, <laughs> he was RB7 in our rankings. Yeah. Our, or projection, sorry, RB6 in points per game. We're pretty yeah. good at this, not going to lie. Yeah, yeah. Once in a while. <laughs> and then, yeah, the fading of DeAndre Swift that, that completely blew my mind. That was the one that I we talked about. Basically, the entire narrative was just DeAndre Swift plays for the Lions, and the Lions haven't had a good running back since Barry Sanders. So that's it. 
that's the analysis. And I don't <laughs> understand how that makes sense, but the Lions right. don't have a running back that goes for a hundred yeah. yards a game rushing. Okay. Well, guess what? DeAndre Swift doesn't need to do that. I was going to say, they kind of still don't. Yards. Oh, yeah. they, they kind of still don't. They just, that's their passing attack is DeAndre yep. Swift. That's the passing attack, which we called because yeah. it was, again, this isn't science. Who's your best player? Yep. What are we going to do? Okay, cool. We're going to throw it to that guy. Like, and DeAndre then, and that's... Swift is the eighth player in NFL history to record over 700 yards rushing and receiving with 15 touchdowns through 20 career games. He's good at football. He's pretty good. Like, well, it's that's... right there in the name. It's really convenient yeah. that that's his last name. It's like you don't even have to. What does that guy do? Oh, right. it's right there. And so you were getting a lot of DeAndre Swift. If you took our advice, he was the RB 18 in ADP. He was our RB 14 in projections. And we had him ranked a little bit higher than that as well. So that's a win. However, it is a loss. When you look at Kareem hunt, we completely missed the mark on Kareem hunt. And even before the injury, he was still or to Nick Chubb. He was dominating. So we do have a win with Nick Chubb. I'll give that caveat. RB13, we were lower than consensus on him, but we were completely out on Kareem Hunt at RB29. He was the RB23 in ADP. He's the RB12 in points per game. Where did we miss on Kareem Hunt? Uh, I think that's a case of we didn't miss on Kareem Hunt. I think we overestimated, or at least I did, how good the Browns defense would be. They have, I thought they would be a lot, a lot better. I thought they would be winning a lot more games than they actually are. And because of that, they would be running the ball and running out the clock more with Nick Chubb, as opposed to passing and playing from behind with Kareem Hunt. So just because of that, the slow start to the season, uh, it is, in my opinion, that's what's projected Kareem well, Hunt up the list a little the bit. The defense here. being poor ish worse than we were anticipating is definitely a factor but i'd say one of the other ones is actually kind of a weird in and out of the lineup situation with some of their other weapons that possibly would cause them to scheme a little bit differently game script is one thing but also you only had you basically were down to just odell beckham jr who hasn't done anything so when you're struggling that hard you've got jarvis landry on ir you have limited other pass catchers i do think there's a certain line of logic too you know what we're losing anyway let's put kareem hunt in there and go hurry yeah up. put hunt out wide put him out we'll, we'll just we'll get him on the field a little bit more just because we yep. got what are we going to do play richard higgins right <laughs> right, right, right. right. What, what are we doing here and so even though we talked about matthew stafford expecting the rams to run the ball more than they have so far we were still high on that Rams running or sorry. That is part of why we were high on the Rams running back, but it is still panned out. We were telling you, you still have to get Darrell Henderson even yeah. after or sorry, after the injury, because he's going to get most of the carries. He's going yeah. to get most of the touches and the consensus had him at RB 26 for ADP. We had that Rams running back before it was cam Akers later became Darrell Henderson RB 12. So you're welcome. Yeah. And I think part of that fade too was uh Sony Michelle. Again, people getting fooled that Sony Michelle can play football. <laughs> uh, so that, that helped uh, slide Daryl Henderson down the list and became a, uh, a very 
a juicy acquisition in the mid rounds of your draft. People were drafting Mike Davis ahead of him. How's that working out? Yeah. How's that going right now? Uh, but you mentioned it. We did have the two strikeouts at running yeah. back with Nick Chubb. I'll, I'll take that. We did strike out there. And then, yeah, we're Dalvin Cook's been hurt, but you still can't. I, I Even with that, I can't justify how. I mean, right. that's kind of a missed free throw right there. <laughs> and so the final piece of advice at running back that went well, if you listen to us, and this is a big one that we've been stressing for some time right now. Ronald Jones does <laughs> not matter. Oh, literally. In terms, in terms of ADP, it was RB32 for Leonard Fournette and RB33 for Ronald Jones. They were neck and neck. People thought it was a committee. It's a car wash. We don't know. And that has not panned out at all. Leonard Fournette is the RB17 overall. I don't even know what R Ronald Jones is <laughs> in terms of PPR rankings. He was too far down the page for me to bother looking up. I'll tell you. Keep That's going. Fair. I'll look it up. That <laughs> is very and fair. And we are stalling while we talk about how bad Ronald Jones is because yeah. he cannot catch. He is locked in now. He's not. He, and he's he's not 66. The, RB confirmed 66. confirmed yeah. rb66 and that's that's overall that's that's not points per game but still i, yeah. I think it's his points per game are 3.8 so that's it, it's yeah. much worse 67 overall at running back really tells you everything you need to know his I, high yeah. point total for the year is it's the same deal i ended up that's... with one share of ronald jones and it's because he fell to rb48 when i drafted him so that's the one case I was like, all right, I feel like this is far enough to take a shot on uh, on Ronald Jones. That was it. Otherwise, I distinctly recall, Jack, in our in our I think it was our draft battle with Ball Blast when we were doing the best balls that I had. I kept saying I was getting David Johnson, Melvin Gordon and Leonard Fournette in basically every draft because no one else wanted them. I said, oh, good luck with that. It's yeah. panned out pretty, pretty good well. so far. I'm just saying. David Johnson hasn't mattered, but he, now he does. <laughs> now he does. Yeah, working Melvin there. Gordon yeah. being pretty there. solid. Because they refuse to give Javante Williams the workload. I keep, I keep telling people, and they don't listen. I've been saying this all preseason and up till now. That's a next year thing. Yeah. They're going to keep putting Melvin Gordon out there while they have access to Melvin Gordon. And then, yes, next year, Javante Williams to the moon. Javante Williams... You know, top twenty running back, easy slam dunk, lock it in. It's not yeah. a problem. It's no big deal. But Probably for this year, 15. they're not they're not going to devi deviate from that unless something was to happen to Melvin Gordon. Maybe in like the last three weeks of the year, if they're completely eliminated, they'll just sit Gordon down, and that'll be it. But why? They're just going right. to keep doing it. He's been reasonably effective. I know it's frustrating for all the Williams truthers out there, but I think that's your life for this year. And so if you listen to us on quarterbacks and running backs, you've done pretty well so far. Our advice has been pretty solid there. For wide receivers, it gets a little bit more murky. <laughs> so the good news is the only wide receivers that we had in our top 25 that rank outside the top 35 in PPR are AJ PPR points per game, sorry, mm -hmm. are AJ Brown and he's 40th. And then outside the top 50 are Allen Robinson, Julio Jones, Tyler Lockett, and Kenny Galladay. And I don't think we can be blamed for any of those. That was pretty most, for the most part, that was in line with consensus. Yeah. 
Kenny Galladay, we were higher on than uh, than the consensus for sure. That's why but, I said for the most part, we're we're gonna get to Kenny Galladay. <laughs> yeah, but for that one, it's I I, I again still think it's injury based. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Maybe Tyler- I'm wrong on that. I think he's still the most talented guy they have there in that receiving core, and when he's healthy, I think he'll be fine. But he just has been injured all off season. He barely got in in preseason action with Daniel Jones and now he's been hurt most of the start of this season. So I think second half, he should be fine. I just don't think he's going to hit the numbers we were hoping. I agree with that. And so looking through our top 25 wide receivers, Devonte Adams, Stefan Diggs, Deandre Hopkins. What can you say about those guys in line with consensus? And if you listen to us, you got a lot of Justin Jefferson. He was the wide receiver nine in ADP or sorry, wide receiver eight in ADP wide receiver four on our board. He's only the wide receiver nine and points per game right now, but you know, more is coming from him. But then I mean, you look the at that wide receiver five <laughs> spot, <laughs> Allen Robinson, ADP yeah. 11, that wide receiver. What the hell is going on? <laughs> I was told the Bears are back, baby. Ah, yeah, uh, I repeatedly, was I was also uh-huh. told the Bears are back, baby. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that—that's the strangest <laughs> thing. That's this the face all, I make when people ask me about Robbie Anderson. You just this made all it. goes back. The by the face. way, <laughs> this all goes back to the fact that when they left, when they got on that plane, and they left Tampa to come back to Chicago, Matt Nagy should not have been on that plane. That is <laughs> that is a horrible mistake by the entire organization. The fact that he was allowed back at Hallis Hall is ridiculous. How has he not been fired yet? What is taking so long? I want to thank you for doing the oldest segment we've ever done. Because this is your Robinson. dad's sports radio right now, folks. We're firing a coach. Alan Robinson <laughs> was quoted today saying he's trying to get on the same page with Justin Fields. And it's been difficult to this point because they got literally zero reps together in the off season. How do you let that happen? How do you let your future star quarterback and your stud wide receiver have literally zero reps together in training camp? Okay. That is not a defense of Matt Nagy. Okay. Cause I agree with what you're saying here. Just in general, I try not to fire people on the, on the air, but Steve's all fired fire up today. Him. Cause he knows well, Steve knows he's getting canceled at the end of this, the live stream. So he can just say whatever at this <laughs> point, but the, the whole, the whole thing here is yeah. I, okay. I agree. Matt Nagy has been bitterly disappointing once again, and probably they should be looking for alternatives. If you were, you know, a business minded individual, if you got a manager who's performing that poorly, you would look elsewhere. Here's the thing. The reason why they didn't get any reps is because they were stupidly doing that thing where they were steadfastly committing that Andy Dalton is our starter. Yeah, we're going to give point. him all the one reps. Yeah. But that's, that's the reason. Point. Why that's are you the doing re- yeah. I know you know that, but I'm, <laughs> we're doing a show that has ostensibly at least an audience of people yeah. that might not remember that. So it's, but yeah, I don't, I, I agree. How, why, why, why would you waste time yeah. on Andy Dalton and do that stuff? But it's the bears. Yeah. They're going to, the bears are going to bear. They, they've so done it. They part, did it yeah. before. So part of the reason I guess that Darnell Mooney has this connection with Justin Fields is because Mooney was running with the twos. So Mooney was running with Justin Fields and had that connection in the preseason. So now he feels comfortable throwing him the ball in live game action, which he doesn't have with Allen Robinson. This is easily the best quarterback situation Allen Robinson has ever had. 
And it does not matter because he cannot get on the same page with him. And what are we at? Like six, six, seven days away, seven days. One week from today is the trade deadline. Is okay. Allen Robinson a bear a week from today? I hope considering I, I don't know. Considering how reluctant they've been to want to pay him. Yeah, he's like, on the franchise tag. They seem to yeah. love Darnell Mooney. He will I not feel be like, back. Yeah, I feel well, like that, they know he's not coming back. They're clearly not going to do anything this season. He's not connecting with Fields anyway. Trade him for whatever you can get. Yeah, if I could get anything, I would do it. If you're an yeah. Allen Robinson manager right now, that's what you're hoping I'm for. I'm begging for it. It can't get worse than what it is right now. That includes places like Houston, by the way, where yeah. I still don't think it would be worse. Yeah. And they can there he'd have the target share lead. Well, at least there he could do anything. I mean, like literally anything would be an improvement over what's been happening here. So uh, uh, people under a third round pick for him next year in free agency. If he walks compensatory Mm -hmm. pick, get the pick right now. Like if you can get a third round pick for Allen Robinson, if you can get a second, you can get a two. You can get a two for Allen Robinson right now. You do that. Especially for a team that wants to tag and trade or sign and trade him. Yeah, hundred percent. The only rule I have when discussing the Bears and how bad they are, though, is we have to mention Ryan Pace because this is also his fault. Hundred percent. Yeah, he is also terrible. It's true. He can't escape without some of the blame. Yep. Exactly. So our wide receiver six, Tyreek Hill. He was wide receiver two in ADP. He's been fine so far. AJ Brown. What the hell is going on with AJ Brown? Is it the food poisoning? Our wide receiver seven in the preseason. Eh, it's been rough so far. It's rebounded last week, but I'm going to let Neil take this one because I said my piece on AJ Brown last week. We covered this extensively actually. So just to, just to retouch on it, uh, AJ Brown. Yes. It's been a disappointment. They, the whole Titans offense outside of Derrick Henry has been a disappointment. They've been adjusting to their new OC. AJ Brown's been hurt beyond food poisoning. Although I get the meme. Uh, and to be honest with you, I'm really just not worried about it. Yeah, he's currently sitting at wide receiver 40. You touched on it a minute ago. We're we're halfway through. I I, I don't I can't project to you that he's going to get hurt again or get food poisoning again. And they seem to be making a concerted effort to get him the football. That's what you would do with your number one wide receiver. So, and especially as teams are going to have to do something to prevent Derrick Henry from just freight training them in every game. I'm not really worried about AJ Brown. I will say this. I don't think he's going to get to wide receiver seven, but I'm not worried about him sitting there at 40 for the rest of the year. I think it's much more likely that he gets somewhere in the twenties, which is not ideal, but it's, it's significantly better than 40, which is where the panic meter has been resting at, which is why I was actually recommending. I would try and trade for AJ Brown. If I only had to give up wide receiver 24 ish type of value, that's what I would do. And so speaking of wide receiver 20 ish on the season, we've got Calvin Ridley our wide receiver eight in our rankings. The good news, however, he was the wide receiver five in ADP. So we were less wrong than the general consensus, but Calvin Ridley hasn't been good yet this year either. No, he is not. That's that Calvin Ridley was a top 10 guy for us. And I talked about this several times, especially on the Atlanta show, which you'd have to go all the way back into July to talk about our mm. Atlanta show. Uh, But Calvin Ridley, to me, I I get that it turned out to be Allen Robinson, 
But Calvin Ridley, to me, was the guy in our top 10 that I was the most nervous about. Like the only time that we've seen him have true like alpha production is when he had Julio Jones on the other side providing that that shadow coverage from the key, the corners to open him up and give him the ability to break out. When he's the guy getting the number one coverage, he has struggled over the last two years, and that that has proven out now this season so far. He is getting a ton of targets. He's He's got a massive target share on the team, but over the last two weeks, Kyle Pitts has taken over as the alpha on that roster now. We'll see how defenses kind of adjust to that. I mean, he's playing enough wide receiver that he should be a wide receiver and he that's, should be getting corner coverage. But I, I I don't know. We'll we'll see what happens with that as the season progresses. I'm hoping that Kyle Pitts developing and becoming a better receiver is going to allow Calvin Ridley to open up and start giving you the production we were hoping for. Well, and also they haven't had Russell Gage and he's back now. And granted, he got a lot of his production last week on a 50-yard busted touchdown. But just having right. Russell Gage back might also help because if they they can't just shadow as much as they used to just the more options the better to the Kyle Pitts logic well and that's a gripe I have with Kyle Pitts he has played 27 percent of his snaps as a tight end he has spent 30 percent of his snaps as a wide receiver that that's not slot that is a wide out on the outside facing press coverage on the line of scrimmage. That is Kyle Pitts on 30% of his routes. And then, so that means he is a wide receiver slot on 70% of his snaps. He is not a tight end. We're lying to ourselves. And then to go off on a tangent, Mike Gusecki. Mike Gusecki plays tight end on 20% of his snaps. He is not... And I repeat, not a tight end. He is a wide receiver. Abolish the tight end position. Oh, hold on. None of it matters anymore. <laughs> okay, I thought you were going. I love it. Though. I like this. I like your ideas, and I'd like to subscribe to your newsletter. Yeah. Uh, I, I thought I. You can I thought, find it at importantnonsense.com yeah, exactly. or patreon.com slash importantnonsense. I don't really point to it, but it's not there right now. The, it is. It's down there. It's just. I thought. I thought you were going with some sort of other. I thought you were going to go another way where this was part of your conspiracy theory. Where we're like we're too close, man. They're 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 putting they're putting wide receivers in the tight end position just to keep the tight end position alive. It's a conspiracy by Yahoo and ESPN. <laughs> they're 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 kowtowing to big tight end. They're, it's I thought that was where you were going to go with that, but I like that. I like your idea better. We'll just get rid of tight end in general and list them all at wide receiver, and then we'll change fantasy football to where you just start six wide receivers every week. I actually I deal. That. That'd be fine. That'd be deal. Fine. I got no problem with that. If we That's want, what we do. yeah. If we want to get make behind it that five five wide receivers and two yeah flex. five wide yeah five wide two flex. Yeah, four wide, three flex, whatever. Whatever you want to do. The flex position, abolish the tight end position, and then we will be living the dream. Anyways, moving on back to the hot take time machine. (laughs) That's a hot take in itself. We're out of conspiracy corner. Okay, (laughs) Uh, that's not a hot take time machine. That's just a hot take. Yeah, in general. the world I live in. But Keenan Allen, he was the wide receiver nine in ADP, our wide receiver nine. He's been disappointing, but we're not too worried about that. He's still a top 30, 25 wide receiver. Terry McLaurin, fine as well. 
Amari Cooper, though, if you listen to us, you drafted a lot of Amari Cooper over CD Lamb. And our advice, we had Amari Cooper at the wide receiver 11. We had CD Lamb at the wide receiver 25. In reality, CD Lamb is the wide receiver 12, and Amari Cooper is the wide receiver. Uh, or sorry, he's wide receiver 15 in ADP. So we completely flip flop them. And it has not panned out well for us. Yeah. Has it? Has it not really worked out that well? I mean, Tw- wide receiver been... 12 for CD, wide receiver 25 for Amari. I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. It's, I, I don't think it's been that bad. I have personally, because he was falling in ADP, I have a lot of Amari Cooper across my leagues. And I can't say that it's been horrible with him kind of won you week one right i mean yeah he dominated in week one he had two disappointing games back to back but then a 16 a 15 and an 11 i mean it's it's not like he's been atrocious he had those couple of bad weeks and cd lamb has had a couple of huge touchdowns that have really carried his numbers Wonder who would have said CD over Cooper. Oh, thanks, Mike. Yeah, somebody who's Thank suspended. You. That's who. Turning <laughs> <laughs> uh, your badge. <laughs> I'm Mike Manning. I'm good at this. <laughs> That's my Mike Manning impression. Again, again the the argument we we said it on our our show with Dallas a lot. It it was getting spun into we hate CD Lamb or we wildly prefer Amari Cooper over CD Lamb. No, we think both of them are good and talented and we had both of them highly rated. The problem was that CD Lamb was being drafted near or in the top 10 in some cases. Mm. And for me there was way too much risk to just automatically anoint CD Lamb as the guy in Dallas. So I I feel like you were getting Amari Cooper at a discount He hasn't put up monster numbers, but he also hasn't been terrible. He's still been fairly productive for you. And he, at the end of this, by the end of the season, he will still be a top 20 points per game wide receiver. Absolutely. He will be. And so after Amari Cooper, we had DK Metcalf at wide receiver 12 ADP Adam at wide receiver six. You're probably not too upset about listening to us and taking a step back on DK Metcalf. He's been so-so this season and Geno Smith isn't doing him any favors. That's not helping. That's really not helping matters. Julio Jones, the world has missed on completely. He was our wide receiver 13 in projections, wide receiver 17 in ADP outside the top 50 at wide receivers. That just injury based. I mean, I don't know. I recall saying that Julio Jones looked like he was done. And I got laughed out of the room. I recall being at a ranking summit where I had to have sit through a conversation where folks were trying to convince me that Julio Jones was still the one in Atlanta mm-hmm. when they were both still on that team. And then I remember calling all of you crazy that Calvin Ridley had ascended. And look, that hasn't exactly panned out as we detailed a moment ago, but he's doing right. a heck of a lot better than Julio Jones is right. these days. So uh, I remember being called a crazy person for that take at the time, which was baffling to me because I was like, did you watch football last year? Did no one else watch Atlanta? I mean, I get it was tough to watch. Like, so I could, I wouldn't blame you for turning it off, but no, I'm not. And, and it, to your point, is it all injury based? I think a good chunk of it is actually injury based, but I think another chunk yeah, of it, it is, certainly could be. 
it's certainly a factor. And the other part of it is he's 32 years old and he's not going to recover from those injuries the way that he used to. And now he's got to compete with functionally younger Julio Jones. Yeah. And that's been the weirdest thing. Like you talked about AJ Brown and I talked about it last week. The fact that Tannehill hasn't been good. Part of the reason he hasn't been good is when they've both been on the field, he's been favoring throwing to Julio Jones for some reason. Yeah. I don't know. Why are you throwing the ball to Julio Jones when you have AJ Brown? And when he's been throwing to Julio Jones, he hasn't been catching it. So he's no, not he caught that. He did catch that 50 yarder that hit the guy in the yeah, back that hit the, the guy head. in the helmet yeah. and then he dove for it. Play of the season. So if you could do that every, consistently every week, then yes, I'm all for it. But, but no, Julio Jones has basically been as bad as we feared he might be. Yeah. He's more or less completely cratered out at this point. Uh, and this is what I was saying. I, I wrote it up for the trade column. I'm, I'm, I'm out. Mm-hmm. I'm out. I just don't see this getting markedly better at this point. Cause like I said, you got to, for me, I feel like you have to choose. That's the volume that you're dealing with this year for the Titans. They can support one. And if I have to pick one, I'm picking AJ Brown. Yep. And so speaking of a functionally younger Julio Jones, we, oh, you on, quoted that in this terms one. of AJ hey, Brown, Jamar. Going to warm up for this one. Do you remember when people said that Tyler Boyd is the best value on the Cincinnati Tyler Boyd is the alpha still. And T. Higgins. Tyler Boyd's going to dominate the targets. T. Higgins is an afterthought. He doesn't play meaningful snaps. My favorite was Jamar Chase cannot possibly have a good season this year because Justin Jefferson just did it last year. And that was a rookie anomaly. Oh, that was your favorite? My favorite was Jamar Chase again. can't catch a football because it doesn't have stripes on it. Yes. That yes. was my favorite. That was my personal. Because that's an insane, the, the insane argument. I had Jamar Chase as my wide receiver 16. And he progressively slid further and further down my rankings. Not because I was losing faith in Jamar Chase but because it was that much easier to acquire Jamar chase in your drafts because he was going so far down in ADP. And I put this out there last, what was it Sunday after it happened, but through his first seven games, he has 134.4 PPR fantasy points. That is far and away the most PPR fantasy points of any wide receiver in their first seven games in the NFL ever. And then on a yards per game basis, the all time record for a rookie is Odell with 108.8. Jamar chase is at 107.7 right now. He is on pace to at least compete with Odell Beckham's all time rookie season record and potentially have a like he's 20 yards per game ahead of Justin Jefferson's pace last year. He's having a monster season. Jamar Chase certified good at football as is Cooper Cup. So if you took our advice Cooper Cup the wide receiver 15 ADP was wide receiver 18 ahead of him was Robert Woods in ADP wide receiver 14 and wide receiver 17 for us. So you're welcome for that piece of advice, but we're sorry for telling you that Kenny Galladay is the wide receiver 20 when ADP said he was the wide receiver 30. 
We already touched on Kenny Galladay. We don't have to talk about no, that. No, that might that's up there for one of our we'll marinate in it for a moment because that's up there right now for one of no, our like I said, I feel like that's more <laughs> like, injury related than anything else. This is one where we can talk about it now with the mid-season hot take time machine, but really I want to give it the full year to see what actually happens. That's how I feel about Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. On a points per game basis, if we come back to this at the end of the year and Kenny Galladay is outside of the top 40 still, I will be stunned. And so just finishing our wide receivers here, we've got wide receiver 18, Mike Evans, Tyler Lockett, Cortland Sutton. You're welcome. He was the wide receiver 34 in ADP, our wide receiver 21, Adam Thielen, Deontay Johnson, Chris Godwin, and CD Lamb. But who was wide receiver 26? That would be Rashad Bateman before the injury. <laughs> That's right. Unfortunate. But TBD. There is still plenty of time. TBD. The target. I I tell you what, I am right now. I am still sitting at eighty-five percent roster ship on Rashad Bateman, (laughs) and I am working over this one guy who just refuses to give him up. But if I could just get to that hundred, I am so close. It's right there. So close, but yet so so far. I think, and the one that amuses me as well was uh, Tyler Lockett. I had, there was a guy the other day who tweeted, uh, what was it? Was losing by eight points. All he needed was an 8.6 from Tyler Lockett. Could you imagine not winning that game? I said, yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. Tyler Lockett, hundred percent. All outcomes are possible. All outcomes are possible. And then he put up a two again, because yeah. it's Tyler Lockett. Right. Yeah, exactly. hundred percent. It's like Tyreek Hill, but not on Kansas city. A guy you That's, and I both yeah, know lost a fantasy is. matchup by literal 0. 0.4 uh, yeah. because of Tyler Lockett yeah. two weeks ago. That's, you it, absolutely hate to see that. Is, that was a, I was one of the worst losses I've ever seen. It was so upsetting. Just, <laughs> and so uh, now that we've basked in our wide receiver glory for a little bit, we have a couple apologies to give out. Number one, Mike Williams. He is the wide receiver six right now. We had him at wide receiver 60. Two. That's a big guy. I'm sorry. That's a huge actually. Piece. You know what? That I said that about Kenny Galladay. That might actually be. <laughs> actually and you know what? That that's the other one too. Uh, he was. He's always been that guy for us. That if I can acquire him in best ball, I would absolutely love to do it as my fourth or fifth wide receiver because you get the home runs and you don't get the zeros. The zeros haven't been coming this year. So he has been an absolute stud. He's been a set it and forget it guy in your redraft roster, mm. which has never happened before. So kudos to him. Good He's also been him. healthy. It was consistently yeah, healthy, was which has never happened I, before. <laughs> it was just somebody I've never been able to trust, which is why he slid so far down that list. Like when he's been healthy, he's been fantastic. There's never been a question about that. It's just, can he stay healthy and be consistent, which has never been his thing. And so far he has been. And the other wide receiver that we were very off on, I don't feel that bad about personally. It was Hollywood Brown. He is the wide receiver eight so far. He was our wide receiver set 57 at the time before the Rashad Bateman injury. And now Bateman's TBD. back. So yeah, I don't feel bad about, really wrong about that. I still say TBD. The they alpha dog just came in about to eat. No, that's so, a bad one. And then did you want to touch on the other one too, just real quick in, in San Francisco, where I think a lot of us were starting to kind of warm up to the idea of Brandon Ayuk 
Debo. Yeah. Stuff. I've never been a Debo. I've never been a Debo guy. No, yeah. So I've One never of- been able to get on board with it. And then with Brandon Ayuk emerging, you could have never convinced me in the preseason that Brandon Ayuk would become the afterthought and Debo Samuel would come back and wrangle this huge, massive target share. Never would have convinced me of it. Never. There's. You would have had to send a time traveler like Terminator style, and I still think I would have been asking <laughs> questions. Like it. it it's unbelievable what's happening there. So I will apologize for that because you just I'm stunned. I'm still it stunned. wasn't just us though. It was the entire industry that had Brandon Ayuk ahead of Debo Samuel. How could you not? And and yet here we are. Life is chaos. Yep. Yeah. And part of that is we have we had Debo Samuel at wide receiver 41. However, we projected him to miss a game and a half based on his career history which typically two games is like aggressive for us to write people out of. We had like a game and a half for Debo. So that kicks him down a little bit farther wide receiver two in real life. So I'm not that sorry about it. You still drafted him around ADP. Mm, Yeah. And so for tight end, we did pretty good as well. All of our top 11 tight ends are in the top 15 of points per game, except for Tyler Higby, who we had at tight end 10. So we yeah, had and Travis we've Kelsey. talked about this uh, several times. Like we we had the big guys, and really, when you talk about tight end, that's all you can talk about, right? It's Kelsey for sure, Kittle who has been hurt, Waller who's been dealing with injuries, but that offense has also been very weird. Like outside of Week One, he hasn't finished inside the top ten at tight end. No, and that's pretty it surprising. More than you would think. They're throwing it to Hunter Renfro. They're trying to get their other receivers involved who yeah. functionally did not matter last year. And they're trying to get some of those guys going. And then they're also throwing dump offs to Kenyon Drake, which right. stopped happening for three weeks, but now has resumed. Yeah. That, that was very surprising to me that Waller's kind of fallen off a little bit. And then Pitts is who everybody thought he might be. So he's been a monster. He wasn't somebody that I wanted to reach for. I certainly wasn't willing to pay that ADP. But if you were lucky enough to land him somewhere, that's working out at least the last couple of weeks. Hawkinson is dominating the uh, the target share there because while being injured himself, to? which is crazy, right? He's been playing well through, but even then, they're not productive enough on that offense for him to have big games. And then you've had Mark Andrews, who was okay to start the season, but he's really come on as of late over the last couple of weeks. I'm curious to see what happens now with Bateman back in the lineup. And then everybody outside of that top half basically is just throw a name in a hat and then pull them out. And that's it. Yeah. Noah Fant. Logan Thomas was okay when he was healthy, but he's not anymore. So it doesn't matter. Dallas Goddard. We're hoping sees the big bump. Now that Zach Ertz is gone. Kyle Pitts, Tyler Higby, who we've talked about stinks and Mike Gusecki. And so those were all good. He's not a tight end. It's <laughs> right. detailed a while ago. Yeah. Those were all good recommendations, but it's the three tight ends we missed on that drive me a little bit crazy. Gronk, he was our tight end 18. He is tight end one in points per game. Dalton Schultz, he was our tight end 50. He is the tight end four in points per game. And Dawson Knox, he was our tight end 39. He is the tight end seven in points per game. That That's the only one I'll actually give you. Uh, Gronk, Gronk, I still believe, is smoke and mirrors. And he just missed like three weeks. So I'm 100% not convinced that Gronk is going to be able to sustain that type of production, especially throughout the back half of the season. And then we've already proven that through the injuries. He's finally coming back. He was supposed to miss like a game with a rib thing. And then it turned into, oh, he's got broken ribs and in danger of puncturing a lung. Yeah. Misses three games. 
And now he's finally coming back. Yeah. And you're, it, it reminds me of Jason Witten towards sure. the end. You know what I mean? Every hit he takes, it's like, that's the one that's going to do it. Yeah. He's finally not going to get back up. So, no, I don't, I don't, I've been telling people all along, I don't trust. I was telling people at the very beginning of the season when Gronk was off that hot start, people just on the internet and also people who would ask, like, who do I play, Gronk? And I'm like, I'd be trying to trade Gronk. Yeah. Like, I'd be trying to trade Gronk right now. I know it's early, but like, this is never going to keep up at this pace. And then, well, and I talked about uh, having Blake Jarwin in my top 10. And uh, granted, I wish it had worked out that way, but mm-hmm. Dalton Schultz has now essentially done everything I figured. Blake Jarwin would be doing. He's carried well, that, over that role from what he had last year. So I had the role right in well, Dallas, just not the right guy. I came prepped to talk about this because we spent a lot of time on this. If you go back to our Dallas show, because yeah. this was actually kind of a hot topic in the preseason, the Blake Jarwin vis-a-vis Dalton Schultz. And this is what I was going to say about it is we were not as wrong as it seems. The only thing we were wrong about is the person. Yep. That's it. We were right about the role and we just got the person wrong. And what's yep. funny is, we talked about it in the on the on the show, which is why I referenced it, where it's like, no, you got to go Jarwin because Jarwin was popping off when Dak was in there. So I still I still maintain the logic. It's just what we where we failed. The linchpin of the failure is Dalton Schultz is just better than Blake right. Jarwin. And that's where we have failed. That's the answer to that riddle. We messed up there, yeah. but everything else was spot on. And then Dawson Knox. Boy, that one just. That is the, the one I will give you because yeah, that one has you, legitimately never, surprised me. You could have bet me a well, million dollars and I'd owe you a million dollars. Like, And the reason wrong. we got it wrong with him is because we had Cole Beasley, we had Emmanuel Sanders, and we had Gabriel Davis all as startable wide receivers for the Buffalo Bills. Gabriel Davis has essentially ceded his role to Dawson Knox. And, and Cole Beasley has ceded well, part of his role too. The other part of it too is that like... <laughs> Josh Allen's never really thrown to the tight end. And when he has, and when Dawson Knox has been given the opportunity, he hasn't been good. He's had a lot of drops. He's had issues running his routes. And now it seems like coming into this season, he apparently put in a bunch of work in the off season because he looks, he looks like a totally different player. Yeah. Well, so I, I will say Dawson, I knew Dawson Knox was putting in real work in the off season. He was seeing a hand eye coordinator specialist that like to me, in hindsight, it worked out, but that was just noise in the off season. It's like, yeah, yeah he's working with, he has a hand eye coordination coordinator. Okay, right. cool. Right. Cool story. <laughs> Good luck with that. Yeah, that'll yeah. work. Yeah. Which is funny because in the future, I might take that much more seriously, not because of this, but also because there are a lot of running backs, pe- good pass catching running backs who have folks like that. I've learned in their employ and they'll, they'll do weird things like stack you up on, like spongy boxes that you can't balance on properly and throw things at you that you have to catch one handed with the hand they tell you. And that's what Alvin Kamara does. And check I that out. I think Dobbins does too. So yeah, Jake Dobbins, Dobbins does too. should be good. Uh, I've, back. Check, check that video out of Austin of uh, Alvin Kamara catching things while on a rotating like block that you can't balance on properly. And they're telling him left hand, right hand, left hand, right hand. And he's got to get guess the right color, like red left hand. He's got to do that. It's crazy. Never. I, I tore my ACL just watching the video. <laughs> like, I, Well, and speaking of season ending injuries, we'll go out on this. The one take in hot take time machine that might turn out to be pretty good in the long run. We had Cam Akers out of RB 14. He might be back for the playoffs, according to Sean McVay. 
the actual playoffs, the, not, the real, not, not, not the fantasy football, not the playoff. fantasy playoffs. So yeah. in terms of redraft, no point. Don't bother. Still don't care. Yeah. In a dynasty league, in a keeper league, you want Cam Akers. Well, you would, you shouldn't have cut him anyway. If, that, <laughs> if you were in a dynasty or a keeper. Well, league. I mean, there wasn't point there. There was a window when you could trade for him. So if you were able to do that, then you still might be able to, if they haven't seen the athletic article. Cause remember you have to pay for the athletic. Yeah. It's, it's still <laughs> over Twitter. It doesn't matter. I was going to say, uh, until it got I, Twitter, I don't know. Then... For me, I'm still skeptical. We'll, we'll see. He's coming back from a severe injury. And our guy, Edwin pointed out the fact that, you know, guys coming back from this injury normally come back at about 80% at most of what they were before. And we never even saw what acre ceiling was. So there's a lot of questions there. There are a lot of questions, but I choose to believe that Cam <laughs> Akers is Kevin Durant. <laughs> and that's what I'll go out on. That is the end oh, yeah. of hot take that's, time machine. Right. With well, you got to get one hot last, take. <laughs> one yeah. last my, hot take on your My two right. hot takes of the night outside of the time machine. Abolish the tight end position. <laughs> Cam Akers. I still don't think that's a hot take. I think that's just uh, solid advice. I, I was going to say, just, I actually really like the productive. first one. I'm yeah. not, I'm not as sold on the cam. I know you're, well, here's the other thing. I'm too cynical about this. Cause I know how pot committed you are to cam hackers. Like if we were to look at like the uh, exposure thing oh, that you yes. get. Yeah. So I know, see some of that, I, it makes it hard for me to like unpack that, but the tight end thing I'm fully on board with. If you want to start that campaign, what do you mean? I'm biased against or biased for cam Akers and Travis Etienne. Yeah. yeah, why would that exactly. be? Why would that be? Couldn't be. The Bears are back, baby. Mm-hmm. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> you got your application uh, in, by the way, when they fire Matt Nagy? Because I think you got a real shot at it, Jack. I don't I, think no, Steve and I will get it. Ryan Pace. No, no, Ryan yeah, Pace. Ryan oh, you want to be Ryan Pace? Okay. You yeah, see yeah. me on the sideline? I'm a no. nerd. I am not capable of That's handling right. all That's right. Put those. him behind a spreadsheet dealing we'll put, with the okay. money in the contracts. We'll That's get you a you phone. Need. We'll get you a phone and a spreadsheet. You can you can wheel and I deal. Can, all I, right. can, I can talk to the players. I can be their friend. Like, I, I'm intimidated by them. Khalil Mack is yes. going to eat my soul on the side. Oh, okay. So yeah. you're, you're, you got to have, like, a golf cart, though. We got to get yeah. you, like, a golf cart so you can drive around <laughs> yeah. from the Eel. practice fields. All right. All right. That sounds good. We'll do that. All right. Well, uh, thank you for joining us here, Jack. We appreciate oh, the time so and welcome. effort here. And I'll say thank you for compiling as, a, as mm-hmm. always really appreciate that. But again, as usual, way more hits than misses. And I'm still not a hundred percent convinced. It's true. It does. That that's the thing I'll say is even our misses are caveat based, except yeah. for a couple guys that we didn't see coming. If you took our advice, you didn't really get burned in terms of this guy stunk. It was more of except for Alan Robinson. And again, we apologize. Right. And it wasn't just us. (laughs) It's everyone. Well, and that's the big thing, too. Like, I think what excites me the most about this and going through this process and doing this is when we talked about it in the preseason, we compared our numbers and our projections to to ESPN, to the ECR and fantasy pros and how we stacked up to everybody, we saw that we were basically right in line with how everybody else was doing at wide receiver or running back. We wanted to get a little bit better there, but we were pretty much right on par, but we were above the curve. We were beating them out on both quarterback and tight end. And what this exercise has shown us is that's still the case. We are still beating basically everyone on quarterback and tight end. And 
we've gotten more consistent and better at running back and wide receiver than we were doing in the past. So to me, I'll take that as a win overall. That's true. You and I talked in the offseason. We just wanted to have improvement year on year. And yep. I'd say so far, halfway through, we're we're on track for that. Yep. We're, Feel we're good we're, about we've, how we've started. We've cleaned up. We've cleaned up some of the weird inconsistencies from the last couple of seasons that were plaguing us at running back and wide receiver yeah. for sure. It's never going to be perfect, folks. I wish I could sit here and tell you it was all it was going to be perfect and we could just give you a clean sheet to draft from, but it's getting it's getting a little bit more fried for sure. Mm-hmm. Your spreadsheet's paying off in the background that I know yes. you spent all that time on. <laughs> too much time. Too much is it, time. But is it too much? It. It's paying off. Well, I mean, we'll we'll see if those divorce papers come in. Then, then, oh, then yeah. no, it's too much time. <laughs> then, uh, but for for the time being, I still have a wife for, for kids now, here with me. For so, today, yeah, hasn't been too much yet. But uh, yeah, thanks again, Jack, for doing all this. Neil, thanks as always for being here. Thanks for the audio listeners. You should be watching this. You can see all the great graphics. You can interact uh, through the you can show also live. I joke that's been going on in the background that I will not tell you what it was. You had to be here and you had to have been paying attention to have seen it. That's right. Exactly. Very, very Ditka esque going on with uh, with with what's with, with what's Jack handling over there. We've got some vaudeville Beautiful. happening in the background. Beautiful. <laughs> uh, but again, patreon.com slash important nonsense. Join the conversation for one dollar. Come join the discord. Talk to us, get your start sits answered by the nerd and everybody else in there. We got trade talk. We got all kinds of stuff happening in there. And at the $3 tier, one step up, uh, you can join for our sports betting content. So you get our weekly articles as well as our advice in the Discord. And uh, our guys, oh. Mason and Vishal. I, there you go. Yeah, say, our, we got to talk say, about you, that. We got to talk about that on the way out here. Get yeah. in on yeah. our sports betting yeah. content. Our, our guys, because... Mason and Vishal, they put in their picks every week in the Discord exclusively to our Discord. So you have to be in there to get the picks. And right now, Mason is number one on the money line. Vishal is number two. So there are over 150 people in that expert ranking consensus on betting pros. And we have the number one and number two guys. Woo! So, uh, very proud of those Get guys. Get your sports betting content here. And congratulations, Mason. And congratulations, Vishal, for, this, yeah. for the incredible start. That's, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. So join the Discord. Join the community. Join Nonsense Nation. We love you all. We appreciate everybody that's helping us out out there. And uh, again, you guys have a great week. And until next time, keep up the nonsense. Music for this podcast is provided by Lee Rosevere. I'm Tim Kitzer from NBA Jam and NFL Blitz, and you can find all the guys at importantnonsense.com. Kaboom!